0: Right. I want to uh, go to John chapter five. I want to look at verses uh, first ten verses there this morning. John chapter five, verse one through ten. It says in verse one: After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool to stir the water and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well and whatever disease he had. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years and when jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already had been in this condition a long time he said to him do you want to be made well and the sick man answered him sir i have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up but while I am coming another steps down before me and Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well,
1: took up his bed and walked and that day was the Sabbath. Amen. I wanna talk to you today about what is normal
0: because I believe that there is a misconception or perhaps a misunderstanding of what normal is pertaining to the kingdom of God. Do You remember in the story of Peter when he was in a boat and the water was uh, moving all around him and as he was in a storm and he called, he was called by the Lord Jesus to get out of the boat we are living in uh, a season that is unpredictable. Water represents unstableness. It represents that that is constantly changing. It is something that you have to learn if you're going to deal with water. You have to learn how to deal with unstable things. It's always changing. There comes times when we, like Peter, are called out of the thing that, that becomes comfortable to us, the thing that becomes normal to us, the thing that we get used to, the thing that we've put our trust in, and then we have to, when we're called, we have to answer the question, are we willing to give up what we are comfortable doing? Are we willing to give up what it is that becomes normal to us and and we can make something that isn't even a good situation become normal can't we we can we it may not be the right situation it may not be very comfortable but we learn how to deal with it and we cope with it long enough until it becomes our normal and uh you have to come to a place where you're not okay with just having this chaotic life you've got to come to a place where that the unpredictability is not okay and you're going to say that i am ready to change what seems to be the norm what what seems to be normal and so around this pool there are people that need something some who can't see and, and when we look at it in the natural, it also has a spiritual implication, right? And so they can't see; they don't have any vision. They don't—they don't see anywhere in the future. They're—they're they're not believing for anything. And then you have those who are paralyzed; they can't walk, and so they don't have the ability to get to from where they are to where they need to go. They have these. Paralyzed who who have came into a place of paralyzation where that they came this far But now they're paralyzed and they're stuck in the place where they have been in this case for 38 years All these people were sitting there waiting Waiting for the waters to be troubled right? Waiting for this one moment, this one time, this one season, this one uh, uh, however many minutes that it lasted. They're waiting for the troubling of the waters. And so, can you imagine uh, just sitting around waiting for a year for the troubling of the waters? Sitting around and coming to church. Can we make it like that? Coming to church. Just setting and going through the mundane of the day, hoping that this will be the Sunday. Amen. Hoping that this will be the moment, thinking that it can only happen one time a year. But we go through the motions, we go through the mundane, we go through the spiritual calisthenics and trying to, to get to this place waiting for a certain thing to happen right and in joshua chapter 3 and i want to go there and and then i'll try to put this thing together in joshua chapter 3 and verse 14 through 16 it says and it came to pass when the people removed uh from their tents and passed over the jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people and as they uh, bare the ark were come together uh, to, unto the Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water for the Jordan overflowed its banks all the time of the harvest that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away to the city of Adam and that is beside Zerethan. and those that came down uh, toward the sea of the plain even the Salt Sea failed and there were cut off and the people passed right over right against Jericho, right? And now you say, well, what does that have to do with John chapter 5? The water speaks of unstableness and Peter was willing to walk on that which was unstable to get where he was going. Peter was a fisherman. He was not someone that was stranger to the sea. He wasn't a stranger to storms. And he knew the ability of the boat in unstable seas. He, he would know how to, to hold on and know that the boat was his source to be able to get through the instability. And the point is that water is unpredictable thing. It's current, its currents, its waves, its moves, its ebbs, its flows. It's it's got undercurrents. It's it's never always the same. It speaks to us of being unstable. It's not always there to to us, and always the same. So you don't never know how to deal with it. You just have to work with it. When you get in it, you have to decide what is the best thing, the best way, or the best uh, way. To handle it or to move maneuver through it and so God speaks to Joshua and tells him if you're going to get to the other side that you have to get a few things together if you're going to go to the land of promise if you're going to get what I've told you you're going to get you've got to get a few things together the first thing you've got to do is you've got to you've got to to take the ark And you've got to get it on the shoulders of the right people they don't put the ark on on Joshua's shoulders they put the ark on the leaders
1: shoulders are you with me the leader doesn't follow them the leader
0: gets ahead of them right Gets in front of them, because where the anointing is, it has to lead. But the anointing doesn't carry the load, the anointing just goes before the load. And so the the people are the ones that are carrying the load, right? people are being led through this situation joshua is anointed he is called he is now taken over for pastor moses and joshua is now leading the people and god has promised him on multiple occasions that i will be with you right and so now God says that if you're going to get where I called you to go, and you're going to receive what I've said that is yours, then there's something you've got to do, and that is you've got to get the, the,
1: the load on the right people. Joshua, you get in front and lead them where you're going, but get the load on the right people. Who is the right people? Those that are in leadership. Amen. The day of superstar preachers is over. And I'm not against mega churches. I'm not against all of these. The more people you get
0: in, the, the glory to God and the better it is. Amen. I say amen to it all. And, uh, and, I, I, and if I could just be honest with you, I've struggled through this season that we've been in uh, for many reasons that I won't go into, but the Lord just, just put comfort in my heart. Uh, one day I was praying about the cir- circumstances and situations, and he said to me, he said, Jesus only pastored 12, and I told him, well done. amen but it isn't about it is about numbers because numbers represent souls and we want all the souls in the kingdom that we can but if we 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 jeopardize and we lose the gospel to gain people then you don't even you don't have presence then there's nothing of value there's nothing gained are you with me but there has to be more than just one person. There has to be more than just a superstar preacher or a great singer. There has to be a team. Amen. Now I know that I use a lot of sport analogies and, and I, it's because I played football and I know it a little bit. But look, Cincinnati Bengals, they, they were junk last year. That's just the truth. They were junk. If it wasn't for the LSU boys, (laughs) just kidding, but they were junk. Their front line, their offensive line, a, a college team could have beat them. But you know how they got to the Super Bowl? You know how they got there? They played as a team. Individually, they were junk, but they learned each other's weaknesses. Especially that offensive line, they learned each other's weaknesses and they learned how to work as a team together and they covered each other's weaknesses and they knew each other's strengths. Right? And that's what propelled them all the way to the Super Bowl. And I say to you today that, that God will not allow superstar preachers and he'll not allow superstar leaders where that everything is upon just one person. But if we're going to advance the kingdom, we've got to do it as a team. We've got to work together. Nudge your neighbor and say, we've got to work together. You know, you can get uh, into a place and, and, and uh, you can, sometimes you can get where you're going, but you don't enjoy it. You know what I'm talking about? Some people say, Well, I just want to go back to the old ways. Well, what they mean is is just most of the time it's just referring to church. It don't refer to their car. It don't it don't refer to their house with no air conditioning. It's just referring to, to what they have gotten used to and what was normal in their life, and they embrace that, and they don't want to turn loose of that, right? But, but I have uh, driven quite a bit in my life, and, and, uh, <clears throat> and I've put a lot of miles on vehicles, and I've got, uh, you know, an 89 Chevy that I just take off tomorrow in California in it, and uh, I've got a 15 model Chevy, and I would drive it too. And, and either one of them could get me to California, but I'll just tell you, I'd just much rather drive my 15 than I would my 89 if I'm going to go that far. Because even though I could get to L.A., I would get be some kind of sore when I got there. Right? And my air condition don't work in that 89. I'm not going to be as comfortable. Are you hearing me? But it'll get me there and sometimes we can get where we're going but did you enjoy the journey right because this is more than just getting to heaven this is enjoying the journey while we go this is about getting other people into the kingdom of God and enjoying what we enjoy knowing the presence of God knowing the goodness of God right knowing everything about God and so that, that when we get there we're not wore out, we're not exhausted, we're not burnout, right? This, this term, you know, burnout come up about 15 years ago or whatever, 10, 15 years ago about being burnout. And uh, I was listening to one guy talk about that one time in, in a, a seminar that we was at and he began to describe burnout. And I said, my God, I've been through that three times and didn't even know it,
1: <laughs> amen. And. But enjoying this thing. I don't want to
0: just get there. I want to enjoy the journey. I want to take people with me, right? And I want to enjoy it as we go. And so, you know, um, and we have
1: to have the, the weight on the right people, right? Look at my cot. All right. You ready? You ready for a ride of your life? Come on up here. Sit down on that thing or lay down on it or whatever
0: you want to do. All oh, perfect. All right. Just hang out there a minute. All right.
1: And so... Um, all we need to do is get him from here over to there, the other side of the stage.
0: Would you like for me to take you? You would? Okay. I can get him from here, over there. But you ain't going to enjoy it.
1: Right? (laughs) Hang in there, woo!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I told you I could do it. Now get up. (laughs) Let's go back over here. How was that? all right. All right. Lay back down there.
1: I just wanted to show you I could do it. But here's the thing. He said it was all right, but I'm sure that's not too enjoyable. Right? And it's not easy. But Joshua was commanded, he said... God said, I know you can do it, but I don't want you to do it. I want you to get the weight on the right people, right?
0: Your job is to pray, your job is to intercede, your job is to direct, your job is to lead. But if you're going to get where you need to go and get what I've promised you, then I need you to get the weight on the right people,
1: right? Leadership. And so, Brother John, I need you to help me.
0: Give Brother John a hand. All right. Brother John, I need you to get over here on this side right here. Okay. And I just need you to uh, carry him over there by yourself. No, no, just one hand over here on this side. Okay, now just carry him over there. Now carry him, you gotta carry him. That's what I thought. That don't work too good, does it? Amen. Brother Gary, can you help me? Let's give Brother Gary a good hand. All right, I need you over here, Brother John. and Brother Gary, you get that hole over there. And you
1: all. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right,
0: yeah. So they could probably make it,
1: maybe, but it ain't gonna be no fun for nobody, is it? Right? because the weight is unstable, right?
0: It's not balanced, yes, it's not right. And so even though the job can get done, it's gonna take a lot more effort from these two than needs to really be, right? But if we could get some more hands, right? Would Michael help me?
1: Would Johnny help me? right. <laughs> let's
0: give them a hand. All right. All right. Now, Johnny, you come around here and turn around there like this. There you go. Get that pocket right there. Michael, you get that one. You guys, can you get back there? All right. Now, come on. Let's go. All right, now it's enough freeloading, Christopher. You know, <laughs> all right, thank you, sir. All right, now was that a lot better? Did you like the first ride or the second ride better? Second ride, second ride? all right. Thank you, gentlemen. And it wasn't heavy on anybody.
1: Huh? It was easy for everyone.
0: And he said he enjoyed the second ride much better. Right? And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the reason why we come into the kingdom of God. It's not that people are not gifted or talented because they, they, uh, that's not the problem at all. The problem that we have is this dirty word called are you ready? If there's any young years in the house, just cover
1: them. Commitment. I know it's a foul word. Commitment. Now, we aren't, we don't have a problem with commitment in some areas of our life.
0: We just have commitment problems in other areas of our life. We don't have a problem committing to work, huh? Who who goes to work and tells the boss what days you will be in? That ain't how it works. You have to commit. They say, we need you here from 7 to 3.30, right? And you don't plan nothing else on Monday through Friday, maybe even Saturday or Sunday sometimes, because it's you know that you have committed yourself from seven to three thirty to work. We don't have a problem commitment committing to uh, after school functions, sporting events, right? They can, they, I've told you before, we, you can call a, a, a practice the day before and people will shift their schedules
1: to show up at a practice. We'll commit to a 30-year mortgage. If
0: they'll give us the money, bless God, we don't have to budget it out. If they'll give us the money, we'll do it. We'll commit to all kinds of things and there's nothing wrong with any of them. Nothing at all wrong with any
1: of that. But my question is why is it different in the kingdom? Is it because there's no instantaneous results? There's not a
0: paid day on Friday that, that you don't see that, that, that In ministry and kingdom work you don't see the instantaneous results from that ministry is never easy ministry is never without cost it will cost you something right it will cost you something you will you will have to learn how to walk through unpredictability if you ever commit yourself to
1: kingdom work right I've missed vacation plans
0: I've had to change change our plans family plans because a funeral somebody would pass away and somebody and and so I'd have to change the plans I've and I'm not complaining I'm not complaining at all I'm simply saying to you and making a statement that if you're going to commit to kingdom There are some things in your life that you're going to have to say, this is more important to me and my life than this, that, and the other. Right? You must get under the weight of ministry. You must get under the load. You've got to feel the pressure, the heaviness, before you can ever experience the anointing of God. I've told you before, and I promise you this, that I promise you that God will never anoint you sitting on a pew. You don't charge a battery that doesn't work. You don't put gas in a car that doesn't run. And God doesn't anoint people that don't do anything. Amen. When did the Spirit of the Lord come upon David? You know, we used to, in the Old Testament, it would come and it would go. When did the Spirit of the Lord come upon David, though? As an example, when he put his hand on the lion, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. When he had the stone in his hand, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. When he, got, when he went into action is when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him to do a thing. And I want to say to you today that, that God wants to anoint us but he will not anoint us just to sit in a pew, just to go through the what we have now labeled as normal. He's looking for people that says that I'm willing to lead through uncomfortable situations. I'm looking to, to bless somebody that even though it's unpredictable, they will rise up and believe my report over their life, over their situations and willing to get their feet wet to see the move of God to see the presence of God amen we have too many people standing on dry ground pointing in the direction that they're unwilling to go themselves amen and it's not enough for you to come to church and listen to the singing and to the preaching you've got to be willing to step into the thing You've got to be willing to lift your hand, to worship God, to bless God, amen, to connect to what God is doing in the house, because the reality of it is, is we can come to church, but if we do not ourselves open our mouth and sing the song and worship God, then we ourselves have never worshiped. It's not the worship team that worships for us, but we have to enter into the presence of the Lord, worship God, praise God, receive the word of God with meekness that is able to save my mind, my will, and my emotions, and let me be transformed into the likeness and the image of God. Amen? But you see, today you can get saved in America, spend the rest of your life working on yourself, and people will think that that's normal. Amen? Amen? Just got to keep working on myself. Just got to keep working on myself.
1: Well, I I, I agree.
0: We got to keep working on ourselves, but God can do a quick work in us. Amen. But it's not normal. We have made it normal, but it's not normal to never connect to the vision of the house. It's never normal to not use your gifts and your talents for the kingdom work never winning the lost and people in America will consider that to be normal to just go through life and never get involved in the kingdom but your idea of normal has to change Amen. God never gave us gifts and talents and abilities so that we could use them merely to gain income and resources for for ourselves. He has given us those so that we can invest it in the kingdom of God. And as a secondary consequence of being able to be gifted in those areas, we can also uh, uh, gain finances by that. Amen. Your teaching skill was not just for teaching at a school system your teaching skill was so that you could teach the word of god your, your ability to do this that and the other whatever it is he, he gave you that ability right your nursing skill he didn't just give you nursing skills so that you could help people over at the hospital he gave you nursing skills so you could go to the nations and help some little child that if they had a, somebody that knew how to take care of them that could, could, could he bring healing to something that is going to kill them. You know, we give some of those kids over there in Honduras a little pill that costs about $3 that they tell me that that pill
1: can cure what is, is ailing them and if they don't get it, they'll die an infant. These are our gifts, these are our talents. These are our abilities, right?
0: And, 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 it, and it, all kinds of skills, whatever they are, right? Some know how to mow grass, others know how to fix things. Other people know how to do electric, but, and, and you can make money off of that, but it's also to be invested in the kingdom.
1: Amen, Use for the glory of God. We can't get a new harvest with an old paradigm of what is normal.
0: Because the modern day church, the American modern day church, thinks it's okay to come to church and and never be committed or invested in the church. The nations of the earth where God is moving, you can find that they're not pulpit driven.
1: American churches are pulpit driven. But you won't find that in the nations
0: of the earth. The ones that are growing, the ones that are, that are succeeding, and, and, and those who are growing are not, do not have that mindset. The American culture is entertainment-driven, where people follow after personalities. Right? And, and God knows my heart. But I'm telling you that some of the biggest churches in America today, that, and, and I don't even mean this judgmental, it's just my own opinion, that some of the biggest churches in America today don't even have an anointed man or woman in the pulpit. They've got a person with a lot of charismatic ability and know how to sway the emotions of people. And we don't even understand it. We don't even recognize it we don't even know it we think that they are they're so big and they're so mighty
1: because they've got this big following the american culture is driven by personality and we've allowed that
0: culture to influence the church and we are running after personalities and giftings thinking that they will do all the work for us. That only happens in Christianity, right? The Muslims are growing in unprecedented amounts. All over the world, they are growing, and they are taking over nations. Islam has no famous preachers. They have no TV evangelist, they have no uh, tape series, they don't have no kind of children's programs, They, they have nothing for the kids, and yet they're taking over nations. Mormons are growing at an unprecedented, they're growing faster now than they ever have in their history, and all over the world they're growing, and, and I would say, uh, can anybody here today, I've got a hundred dollars, if anybody here today can name
1: two Mormon preachers. <laughs> well, my money's
0: safe then, ain't it? They have no, they don't have no Mormon woman thou art loose. They don't have no Mormon, uh, you know, uh, extra services or exciting services for that matter. They, they don't have nothing that all they do is sing old dead songs. They don't have no praise. They don't have no excitement. They don't have no light, smoke, or sound. They don't have none of that. And, and yet they are taking over. They have their own city, Right? They have their own newspaper because they have been taught that they have to
1: share the message themselves. They are taught that when you learn this, now you've got to go tell somebody else.
0: They're not looking to bring somebody to the preacher. They're committed To the message am i making sense we've got a lot of people that come to the church for the emotional response of ministry gifts can produce but they have never been taught to buy into the message they have never believed that the message is more important than who delivers it right what I'm trying to tell you is, if we're going to see a harvest come into this last day church, we've got to shift what we have made normal and realize that the weight of the gospel is upon us and that we have the authority, we've been deputized to go and share the good news with the hurt and a dying and a lost world. Amen.
1: Got to get the weight back on the shoulders of the right people. Amen. The kingdom of God
0: will will be established in the earth. But it will not be established by the five-fold ministry alone. Because these gifts have been given to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. For the perfecting of the saints to do... To give the weight on to do
1: the work of the ministry. Right? To do the work of the ministry. And it isn't always what you look at as spiritual. It isn't always
0: what you see, you know, that is going on around you. I, I, I had one state overseer, he was telling me a story of, of a church that was that was looking for a pastor, and he sent this man over to him, and, and he said uh, they, they was interviewing him, and he they started telling him all of these things that they uh, wanted him to do, you know, that you, you, you mow the grass, and you clean the church, and you run the sweeper, and you do this, and you do that, and... and He told me, he said, in the middle of their conversation, that man got up and walked out. And they said, wait a minute, where are you going? He said, there's been a misunderstanding here. He said, what do you mean? He said, I thought I was coming to interview to be a pastor, and you're looking for Santa Claus, and it's six months till Christmas. I said, well, I guess that he didn't get that job. He said, yes, sir, he did. He said, they didn't believe that anybody would be that honest with him. Amen. There's a lot of things that we can do, and I'm not shunning, and and, you know, I I don't know how to say it, but just say it. I'm not afraid of work. I can lay down and go to sleep right beside of it. You'll get that on the way home. I'm not afraid of work. I can work. Most days, I'm here by 7 o'clock. I work, I plan, I try to pray, I try to do those things and, that are needful for the kingdom of God to be advanced. I'm not afraid of that, not worried about that, glad to do it, but there's some, I was thinking the other day, uh, Brother Gary, if, if God forbid, but if I had to have, if you had to have um, brain surgery and you had to go into the doctor's office to get, have an examination,
1: and you rolled up there and your doctor was out on the John Deere mowing grass. You know what I believe I would do, Brother John?
0: Just keep on driving on by. I'd say, if that joker's out there mowing grass and doing all that, he he don't need to be working on my brain. Not that he is too good to do it, but I want him thinking about my brain and not mowing the grass. Are you with me? Not, not thinking about doing this, that, and the other, but being invested in what I need him to do for me. And a lot of times we normalize these things in the church, but what I want us to do is to be able to come together as a team where that everybody uses their strength. Everybody's not gonna be interested in doing the same thing because that's not where your strength is, right? Tom here, he keeps the air conditioners and things running. I could probably keep the air conditioners running. I probably could, but I'm gonna have to watch a lot of YouTube. I'm gonna have to go buy some tools Right and I'm gonna have to spend a lot of money and a lot of time and I'm probably gonna mess up a few things along the way But I can get it done But what Tom can do in 10 minutes, it'll take me 10 days to get done Because that's his gifting that are you listening? Are you hearing me today? but when we get the weight on the shoulders and we're all working together everybody can't fix a a a air conditioning unit everybody can't can't take care of this that but we we have something we can do and we bring that gift and that talent it makes it easier for everyone else right it makes it easier for everyone else some people say well i'm not ready for all that my question is when
1: will you be ready How much training does a person need? How much word does a person need? How
0: long do you need to be saved before you do something for God? I met a man, I I forget, I was thinking about it this week, I met him in Africa, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was Ghana or Zambia, but I do remember that he was, his testimony was, he was in Islam, he was, uh, in Islam for 20 years, he was born, he was raised, he was in Islam for 20 years. He got saved, and he, when he got saved, he wanted to know about the Christian way, and so he uh, immediately went and got involved in training and teaching discipleship. And now he was, when I met him, he was saved for a year
1: and he was pastoring a church and had 250 people in it. And sometimes we have been in the church
0: saved and satisfied and everybody's not called to ministry, but you're called to something, amen? My question is, are you doing what you've been called to do? are you
1: investing in the kingdom right what are you doing with the word that you receive are you a sea of galilee or are you the dead sea right the same water flows into the sea of galilee
0: that it does the dead sea The Dead Sea is just that, it's dead, it has no life, it has no vegetation, it has nothing because the only difference is it has no outlet. But the Sea of Galilee, everything it touches, it's prospering, it's blessed because it has an outlet. And if we come to church and we only take in, but we have no outlet, we're not going to have any life, we're not going to reproduce anything. And so there's got to be an outlet there's got to be somewhere where that we show into other people where we release what has been given to us right smith wigglesworth was asked one day when he led someone to christ and she was so overwhelmed and so excited about her salvation and and he was walking down the road and and she hollered at him and said how do i keep this excitement and this joy in my heart And Smith turned around and laughed at her and said, just give it away. Amen. I'm telling you, the greatest thing besides yourself getting saved is being able to lead somebody else to Jesus Christ. To share what you know, the joy, the peace, the victory, the hope that is on the inside of you. And having that honor and joy to lead somebody else to Jesus, that's the second most greatest
1: thing that will ever happen in our life. You don't have to be stingy with the word you can get enough of it there'll be more next time right
0: but it's become normal for people to come to church and never get involved in ministry
1: it's become normal for people to come to church and never mature spiritually right I remember the time, excuse me for reminiscing, but I remember growing up it was
0: exciting to watch people. they come and get saved and when they got saved you would see them start growing. Then, then, you know, the church that I grew up in was Sunday night was it didn't matter what they preached on before the service was over. Anybody here tonight that has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit come. We want to pray with you to receive this precious gift. Anybody remember that? That's how it was because it was expected of you to grow up. Amen. <laughs> Them mamas in the church were around there six months and hadn't received the Holy Spirit. They start asking you about that. You ain't got the Holy Spirit yet. You ain't praying. You don't want it. They start asking questions. They get up in your business, <laughs> huh? Anybody remember that? And say, how come you haven't received? I haven't seen you praying lately. You don't really want the Holy Spirit. Right? And it's become normal for us to, to never grow. And, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with babies. Everybody comes in as a baby. I've never seen a, a, a grown person ever born. You're always born to baby, right? And I don't mind giving a baby a bottle, but whenever you got to park the whiskers to get the bottle in the mouth, something bad going on. Amen. <laughs> Come on. There's got to be some growth. There's got to be some maturity. There's got to be something that you hold on to. I'm trying to be a little humorous, of course, but you get the point. we got to grow up sometime. Amen. we got to get off of the milk and get on to the meat we got to start getting our digestive system in order so that we can take on the steak, so we can take on the meatiness of the word, right? Because it's, it has become normal for people not to have a prayer life. It's become normal for people not to study the word of God through the week. It's become normal for people to depend upon the pastor to, to, for their spiritual life. But I want to tell you today that I can't keep you saved. Amen. I can't keep you saved. I can't can't keep you growing. All I can do is share the word with you one day a week or two days a week, whatever it is. But but it, it is up to us to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're not using that gift that has been given to you, it's easy to become cynical and critical of others that are. Amen. Moses had this problem when there wasn't an enemy to fight they the children of Israel started fighting amongst themselves Right and So if we don't get involved in the fight of the enemy, then we begin to shoot at one another But sometimes the gifting that we have the ministry that we have it doesn't even look like it's spiritual because it doesn't happen in this pulpit or in this setting today, but but I want to tell you that God keeps account of everything that we do. Amen. Now, I don't know who it is, but I just want to thank the Lord for it. Somebody's done, you know, I know it's been a few weeks now, but somebody's come up in here and, and cleaned all them weeds out of these beds around here. I still don't know who did it, but I thank God they did it. Somebody got tired of looking at the mess. God seen it because this is his house. Amen. And so what I'm trying to say is, is it, it isn't something that just happens here on this pulpit or somewhere that everybody sees it. Sometimes nobody even even knows that we're using our gift and don't even know that the investment that we have, but God is keeping record. Amen. If you don't get involved, you begin to fight with others that are. It's hard to shoot at somebody else. When they're helping you carry the load amen it's hard to talk about someone who is working with you to advance for the same goal the same thing that you have in mind the same interest that you have the flesh works the same way in the church as it does in the world you start hanging around with people that have a a mind to do ministry and your heart will begin to burn on the inside of you. Amen. I've told you this story before, I'm sure. But uh, whenever I began my heart began to turn toward the nations and, and do some mission work, not that I'm a world traveler, but, but I started hanging out with Jonathan Morgan. Because I knew that the anointing was on his life to do uh, missions and do ministry like that. And so whenever I started hanging out with him, guess what? It began to burn on the inside of me to do things like that, to advance the kingdom of God into the nations of the earth. And whenever
1: you start hanging out with people that are doing something, it'll get on you. Right? My granddaddy used to say, birds of a feather flock together. You know why people that are bound by alcohol hang out together? Because if I'm drunk, I ain't gonna be putting you down for being drunk. Right? If I'm shooting up, I ain't gonna put you down for shooting up. Huh? I ain't holier than
0: now because I'm in the same boat with you so let's just be buddies together but guess what that same thing will happen in the kingdom you start hanging out with people that read the word and start talking about the Word of God and how sweet it is and how wonderful it is it'll cause you to want to start studying that word amen you hang out with people that 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 have a heart for missions And Suddenly you'll find your heart start stirring to what what can I do? How can I help in uh, in that place? What can I do over there in that hospital? What can I do in that orphanage? How can I reach into that prison? Because it's contagious Right It must become normal to be committed to the church
1: Normal to be committed to be a part of ministry right choose not to be the dead sea choose to be the sea of
0: Galilee choose to be an outlet because
1: if you'll let out of you what's in you God will give you freshness and newness right I'm not begging you Neither am I here to shame you.
0: I'm here to say let's be a part of advancing the kingdom together
1: and reaching this last day harvest. Amen. If we can do that, then we can shift normal. We may not shift normal in all of the world, but I'm
0: not called to the world i'm called to this house and and if we can shift norm what is normal in this house we can change the trajectory of this church this ministry to see what god wants to do in this last day amen and don't shout me down i want to see the goodness of god don't you I want to join hand to hand and the reality of it is, is and, and you know, I've been preaching for 40 years and I've been through a lot of things and done this, that, and the other, and, but I want to see a church that is a team working together, using our gifts and our skills so that it's not laborsome on just one person or two people, but we see the kingdom of God advanced and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because we're not having to work in our weaknesses, we're working out of our strength. Amen? Praise God. Well, it's good to be in this Presbyterian church today. <laughs> uh, it's been quiet, and I know you are listening. I appreciate you today. I pray that you hear what I'm saying from a heart that I'm saying it from. Let's do it together. What do you say? Let's do it together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you, God, that you have gifted and you've put in these earthen vessels a gift into each and every one of us. And I thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've placed in this house. God, you have never raised up a house that you haven't put the gifts and the talents in the house that are needed to supply in the house. So I just thank you for that today. I ask you now that in these moments and this week that we consider your word. And God, that how that we can apply it to our lives and how that we can be a resource to others, sharing the good news of the kingdom with other people. And God, I give you praise and thanks for this today in Jesus' name amen amen praise god i know today uh, this may be a little different pastoral of course but if you have a special need in your life today or you need a touch of god or you need something from the lord that you come believing for today god is not limited it doesn't matter what we preach on god is not limited to that he can heal he can save he can deliver because that's the power that is in his word amen Praise God. So if you have a special need today, I invite you to come this morning. We want to pray with you and
1: believe God for whatever your situation may be.